Thanks for tuning in to our Neighborhood Church podcast. Join us on Sunday at any of our locations. To learn more about our church, visit neighborhoodchurch.com or download our church app. Hi, I am Alvin Mien, and I would like to share with you a little bit of my faith history. I was born and raised in a Buddhist family in Cambodia during the Vietnam conflicts. In 1971, I joined the army and fought against the Viet Cong and the Khmer Rouge before I became a Christian in 1974. On April 17, 1975, when the Cambodian government surrendered to the Khmer Rouge, God told me and my family to leave Cambodia. It was a hard decision to make because my father just started a sapphire and ruby mining company, and we just began to make money lots of money at that time that would have made us very wealthy if we had stayed. But we decided to trust God and left everything behind. Looking back, it was the best decision to listen to God and obey His instruction. Because when the Khmerus came in, they killed 1.7 million innocent Cambodian people. Among the victims were my mother, my little sister, and about 12 of my other relatives who did not make it out because they were not with us at that time. If we decided to stay and not obey God's guidance that day, the Khmeras would have killed me and my entire family, or we would have died in the killing fields. We came to the United States in October of 1975 with not a penny in our pockets, and only knew a few English words. But Philippians 4.13 kept coming to my mind. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Later, I understand the reason God had saved me from being killed during my fighting years as a soldier and saved me from being killed in the hand of the Khmerus was because He loves me and wants to give me the opportunity to serve Him. So in the early 1990s, I joined youth with a mission, which is also known as YWAM. I went to their training and became a missionary to my people in Long Beach, California. Life was very hard then, being a full-time missionary with a wife and three small kids to feed was tough. But I kept pressing on and trust God's words in Philippians 4.19 that says, But my God shall supply all your needs according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Many years later, I am still serving God in Cambodian churches, and my God has blessed me abundantly. I have more than what I have left behind in Cambodia, and my life now is so much more fulfilling than ever before. God bless. Amen. <clears throat> amen and amen. Uh, thank you, RV, for uh, sharing that with us. It's, uh, <clears throat> I am continually inspired and challenged and encouraged how our Cambodian brothers and sisters have pressed on. Uh, I've done a little bit of study uh, of the Khmer Rouge and their uh, unfortunate uh, and evil 
uh, reign over Cambodia and the killings. And uh, actually, Christy, my wife, and I went to Cambodia, uh, visited some of our missionaries there, but also met the incredible Cambodian people. Such a wonderful, wonderful people that reflect an incredible amount of joy and love even in the face of difficulty. And as RV was explaining, if you would go up to our Khmer Cambodian ministry and sit down and talk with some of those people, you would hear horrific stories. Some where their family was murdered right in front of them. And yet I have not found a people group that has expressed and has on their face the love of Jesus and joy of Jesus when they have come and embraced Jesus. See, they experience the healing and the help and the amazing joy that's found in Christ. Um, They have endured. (laughs) They have continued on. They have pressed on pursuing knowing Jesus more and finding their joy in him. For pursuing Jesus is where joy is held and life thrives. I'm so glad that you came to uh, hang out with us this morning to be here in person, whether you're here or online. My name is Mike, one of the pastors here, and it's a joy to, to stand before you and talk through God's word with you. And our hope and our, our prayer is, is that you would find joy in Jesus, because that's where true, true, Jesus, true joy is found, in Christ. And I love this quality of, of, of pursuing, of pressing on, that that passion to go after opportunities, to, to run after goals, to strap on some grit and to go on with it. And we're thankful for people like that, aren't we? I mean, there's all kinds of people throughout history, like, like Thomas Edison. You know, he invented the light bulb. And, and, and it, it took him a, a thousand, he, he discovered a thousand different ways he could not invent a light bulb until he finally invented one. And we're, we're really thankful of that. Henry Ford uh, went bankrupt and left penniless five times or more from failed ventures, and yet his invention uh, and the car and in his assembly line uh, changed the world. Uh, Harlan Davis Sanders, before he became Colonel Sanders, um, there was a chicken in here and a biscuit. Now there's one with a bite out of it. Lorena, was this the chicken and biscuit you were using? (laughs) Last time I leave the illustration out on here, I wanted to show you the famous recipe. I'm glad that you enjoyed that this morning, but, <clears throat> uh, but before becoming Colonel Sanders, uh, he submitted the, this, his world-famous chicken recipe to over 1,009 restaurants before one of them bought it. And actually, KFC, uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken, is one of the best world-known brands out there. And of course, there's Walt Disney uh, with all of his famous characters. I was going to choose Mickey, and then I thought, you know what? Goofy never gets to turn, so I'm going to give him an opportunity here. Um, he, uh, 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 Disney uh, w- was fired from his first job because it said he lacked imagination and had no good ideas. <laughs> he had many setbacks. Disneyland was a huge risk, but yet he pressed on. He pursued. He, 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 he pulled in some grit, and the entertainment industry has been forever changed. How many of you have been forever changed? How many of you have been to a, uh, uh, have seen a Disney movie, been to a Disney theme park or owned something that's Disney? Raise your hand. If you're online, raise your hand too. Yeah, it's probably most of you. Uh, as a matter of fact, if you're online or maybe if you're here with somebody, reach over and, and say and, and online too, uh, and maybe online type it in in the chat there. What is your favorite Disney character? What is it? 
Uh, you, know, just, you can say it to each other and things like that, but it's, his, his pressing on has touched us all. Another one is Steven Spielberg was rejected from the University of Southern California School of Theater and Film and Television. He attended Cal State Long Beach where he dropped out to pursue directing without a degree. And the movie industry has never been the same. And now for us, uh, followers of Jesus, when we take up the charge, to, to the, the pursuit, to strap on that grit, step out with passion to live life God's way, amazing things happen. And there is incredible joy. The apostle Paul sighs joy that he could sit in prison shackled most likely and pen this wonderful book of the, uh, to the Philippian believers that we've been studying all through these last numbers of weeks, the Bible book of Philippians. And we're on an adventure, an adventure to discover joy in difficult times. And if you have not noticed, um, our world has been, and our nation has been in the throes of some unprecedented arduous times. Schools and parents and teachers and kids are, are trying to navigate all the restrictions and the rules due to the COVID-19 virus. Businesses are trying to stay afloat. People are angry with too much restrictions and also angry that there's not enough restrictions or policing of those restrictions. The social unrest with, the, with aggression and violence and destruction is still allowed to go on. And the political rivalry is moving from nasty to threatening hostile. And we wonder if joy is something for later. But Paul says that joy is found now, now in knowing Jesus. Philippians 3, 8 says, indeed, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things, but count them as rubbish refuse in order that I may gain Christ. See, to, to know Jesus, meaning to understand who he is and the, the life he has created for us is, is, is uh, uh, the pursuit of knowing him is where joy is found. And everything we need for life, especially in these difficult times, is found in knowing Jesus, in knowing him. Ancient Israel was struggling to build uh, the, the wall of, of, of the city of Jerusalem. And Nehemiah, who was their leader at that time, encouraged them to press on saying this, the joy of the Lord is your strength in Nehemiah 8.10. For pursuing Jesus is where joy is held and life thrives. So how do we press on? Paul gives us two joy-filling, life-giving pursuits in Jesus that are found in Philippians chapter three, verses 12 to 21. And that's our text for this morning. And so let's explore this and, and the passage and unpack this Bible passage and consider how we might press on to and, and let the joy of the Lord be our strength. So if you wouldn't mind, why don't you all stand here and if you're at your home, go ahead and stand up and let's pray and ask God to speak to us because I believe he's gonna speak to us this morning. There's something and there's some reason God had you tune in or had you be here this morning there's something for you this morning. So let's ask him. Will you pray with me? Father God, we do come before you this morning and, and we trust, Lord, you, you have us uh, uh, in the center of your heart and you want us to learn from you and to grow in you. And so you brought us here today. Whether it's in person or online, you've brought us here. 
There's something you want us to gain from this time. You've already done so with not only Irena sharing her uh, a bit about cho- the, to the children, but really to all of us and our songs. But now as we delve into your word in this wonderful book of Philippians, God, teach us something. Use this opportunity, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You can have a seat. Encourage you to, to, if you have some ways to take some notes or just some, keep some, your mind going that way, I encourage you to, to, to take that. Obviously, uh, online, there's a number of resources for you there, and especially if you're online now, you can go and download the, the study guide that's there and encourage you to get home, download that study guide. They can use it as a note page for you, or even those are usually done beforehand. You can do that before you come and print it out and bring it with you. That would be awesome. But the Apostle Paul wrote this letter to thank, the, to thank and encourage the followers of Jesus in Philippi. And just like Paul, they were experiencing, these Philippian believers were experiencing pressure. They chose to follow, uh, they were experiencing pressure because they chose to follow the leadership and the lordship of Jesus. Uh, The Roman way of life was pushing them to accept Caesar as their ultimate lord, their ultimate leader, their ultimate savior. And yet Jesus was clear in John 14, 6, that he says, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And our lives as followers of Jesus ought to be that, to see him as the ultimate leader of our life, that we follow his lead, the ultimate Lord of our life, where he is the action, the owner, the master of us, and we follow what he does, and we do what he does, and we, we live life his way, and where we pursue knowing Jesus and his way of life more. As well, there were those uh, in Philippi who had mixed the old Jewish practices with faith in Jesus, uh, Carrie talked about those last week and where Paul used a not-so-nice description calling them ravenous dogs that, took, that look only for their own selfish gain and the gain they were hoping to get is people would follow their unique way. And yet we're to follow Jesus and we are to be discerning and press on knowing Jesus more. It's, it's like, a, like a, a, an art dealer or someone who works with art and they, there's a lot of fakes out there and, and, and things that are not the real one. And how, how an art uh, ex- expert looks at art is they understand the artist, they know the artist at certain brush strokes and how they sign their name and the, the color and the medium they use and they say this painting is an expert painting, it's, it's, it's the right painting, it's authentic because they know the artist because they have knowledge of the artist in the same way we need to know Jesus so we know the fakes that are out there. It's important for us to know Jesus. The apostle Peter put it this way in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse three. He said, his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. It's the knowledge of him that really gives us all we need for life and godliness so the pursuit of knowledge, knowledge of Jesus is vital for pursuing Jesus is where joy is held and life thrives. Now let's look at these two joy-filling and life-giving pursuits in Jesus. The first one is pursue the upward call of God. Paul says in, <clears throat> in Philippians 3.14, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. This upward call of God in Christ Jesus, yes, is heaven, as Lorena was talking just moments ago, but, but living <coughs> as citizens of heaven now under the, the leadership, excuse me, <coughs> don't worry, it's just asthma. <coughs> under the leadership and lordship of Jesus, a lifestyle, a, a way of living that we should pursue, like an athlete pursues a goal, 
when an athlete pursues a goal, he presses on. He, he, he works out, he, he adjusts his diet, he, he adjusts his day, his time, so he has opportunity to stretch farther, and he plans, and he puts himself under discipline and coaching. And so now Paul gives us three coaching tips to pursue life lived as a follower of Jesus. Uh, the first is to take on a humble responsibility. Hopefully you have your Bible with you and you've opened up to the Bible book of Philippians and chapter three, verse 12. It says, Paul writing, he says, not that I've already obtained this. He's talking about spiritual maturity. Not that I've already attained this or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Jesus has made me his own. It's that spiritual maturity of living a life fully yielded to the leadership and the lordship of Jesus, using the gifts and abilities for God's purposes, seeking to love God and to love others. And Paul is humble. I mean, for him to say not that he've already obtained it, my gosh, Paul, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> again, don't worry, just asthma. <coughs> That's what happens when you sing with the mask on. <clears throat> and yet we do. So uh, it's, it's, it, it, it's Paul is, is saying here, he's humble. And, and my goodness, we watch his life and we see this incredible spiritual giant who's wrote most of the New Testament. And yet he's humble, realizing that he's not arrived, but he's still seeking to grow. And so we should all. And, but he presses on, he runs after, like that athlete runs after it. He, that pursuit has shaped his life. It's not an add-on, or if he has time, this pursuit is folded into all he does. And he takes on the responsibility of it. Notice it says in, in, in verse 12, I make it my own. He owns this. It's not like he comes into church and kind of, okay, sits down, okay, preacher boy, give me something. <laughs> or online, you know, okay, I'm gonna tune into this guy. Okay, man, you better give me something. Or going to a Bible study, yeah, yeah, what are they gonna talk about now? Tell me something, I don't know. It's more of a, of a sense of, hey, I want to take on responsibility to own my faith, to say this is my faith, my relationship with God, and no matter what the preacher says or, or the, if there's one thing that COVID has taught us as a church is that we desperately need to make it our own. God bless you, brother. It's, it's a drinking water day today for us on stage, except I didn't eat the biscuit, Lorena. Take my illustration from me. Um, but, uh, but we own our faith. We, we say it. And that's why we've put out so much material online for you. That you have the opportunity to go in anytime, anywhere, whenever you have a moment and plug in. You can listen to some uh, great videos that are out there that teach you God's word. You, there's some great downloads that you can do. Some study guides that you can go into. All to help you gain in your faith. Oh, we need to so much so take responsibility for our faith. And why? Because Jesus Christ had made, has made what Paul says, me his own. Jesus Christ has made us his own. You see, we, we have a, a disease that's far greater than COVID that's out here in the world. And actually it's affected every single human being. And that disease is called sin. And the effects and ramifications of sin are deadly. If you don't take care of sin, you will end up not in heaven, but in a far different place. You know, H-E double hockey sticks. Uh, 
and, and, and that's the direction. And not only that, you won't be able to have that connection with God and truly know him. And not only that, you will not be able to really have that intense relationship and have him give you guidance for how the life you should live should go. And there's no human way to kind of manufacture and deal with our sin. But yet God provided a way in Christ. When Jesus went to the cross, he paid the penalty for our sin there. And now all we have to, to, to gain this uh, vaccine of the virus is to believe in Jesus, to come to the point of faith where we say, I get it, God, I'm sinful. I need a savior, Jesus, it's you. And to yield our life over to him as leader and Lord. And when you do, he comes to live in your life and you become this incredible part of God's family and there's encouragement and there's blessing because he has made you part of his family now because Christ has made me his own. You feel Paul's resolve there because Jesus went to the cross. He's gonna take the responsibility of his faith to take on a humble responsibility for pursuing Jesus is where joy is held and life thrives. The next coaching tip to pursue Jesus as leader and Lord is is forward-facing grit. (laughs) I love this, verse 13 of, of Philippians 3. Brothers, I do not have considered that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and behold, straining forward, to what lies ahead, I press on towards the prize, for toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Paul again is saying that he's not arrived in spiritual maturity of knowing Jesus and living life his way. Yet he yet to continue on this adventure and to to, to, to learning and, and growing, he's applying some grit. This grit is is seen in two different ways. One is is forgetting what lies behind to let go of the past failures and and past life and yes, process those mishaps and get help when needed, but but get up and move on. Like like these famous people that that, that went through tremendous difficulties and and had people uh, made loads of mistakes and horrible things said to them and done to them, but they got up and kept going. The other way of grit is to strain forward this is that willingness, that, that bravery, that courage, that, that daring to get back up. Yes, it's difficult to follow Jesus today. And yes, there is persecution all over the world and even now here in this nation. But we need to get back up. And yeah, we're gonna make mistakes too and fall down tripping over ourselves. But come on, step up, stand up. You're children of the king. The king of kings and the Lord of lords. That's Jesus. And you're part of his family. He's brought you in. You're not some uh, uh, stray person on the side. You are family. Uh, You have the opportunity and the access to walk right into the throne room of God and talk to him face to face. You have his very word in your hand to guide you and the Holy Spirit that he's given you to be with you. You've been given gifts and, and abilities to strive. And so, so let's do this. Let's engage some grit and pursue Jesus as leader and Lord. For pursuing Jesus is where joy is held and life thrives. See, this upward call of God to live under his leadership and lordship of Jesus is to take on that uh, humble responsibility of ourselves and, and to, to grow in that faith, but also to follow, uh, to, to have forward-facing grit 
And the third coaching tip is to have our minds connected to God. Look at now verses 15 and 16. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal it that you also reveal it to you also. Only let us hold true to what we have attained, that faith in him. Paul is referring to the call to live with Jesus, leader and Lord, a life of learning and following and interacting with Jesus in a pursuit like an athlete. Our mind matters. Uh, Proverbs 4, verse 23 puts it this way. Keep your heart, that's the center of our, of our thoughts, our mind, with all vigilance. For from it flows the springs of life. What we think matters. If we keep thinking that failure's gonna happen, it's gonna happen. If we, we, we think in line with God, having him speak into our hearts, it will be well for us. The key is to keep interacting with God. Listen to, listening to him and responding to him and holding uh, firm uh, to his leading. That's why I love uh, the Bible study method called SOAP, S-O-A-P, Scripture, Observation, Application, Prayer. It's just, it be, you know, it's great to learn of all the truths of God. Please do. Continue to read your Bible, learn all the history and stuff like that. But, but the Bible was also meant to be interacted with. It's a living, breathing book. And we need to spend time in moments where we sit and go, God, what are you saying to me? And sit in silence and listen to God. And that's why I love soap, because you look at scripture, you look at the observation, and then you take a moment and pause and you go, what is he saying to me? Application. How do I really get it into my life? How, what is the Holy Spirit saying to me? How can I, can I delve deeper? What's he convicting me of? What's he teaching me about himself? What is it? Well, if you haven't tried that method, it's on our website. Go and it says SOAP, S-O-A-P. It's not like the SOAP you have like this, but it's an acronym, but, but you get it. And I encourage you that. I've also had another um, uh, app on my phone called the Pause app. Uh, it, it's, 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 I think it's in your app stores. Uh, has a, a one-minute pause. It's a great opportunity. Uh, uh, John Eldridge, I think, is the one who's, who's doing it. And it, it, it codes you every now and then and, and, and out of the day and says, hey, it's time to take a pause. And you take a pause and it has little things of music and some thoughts to go along, but it helps you focus in on listening to God. Because our mind matters. What we think matters. And as we think this way, we will, it will be well with us in our pursuit of Jesus, leader and Lord. For the pursuing Jesus is where joy is held and life thrives. Paul goes on to this next joy-filling, life-giving pursuit. He says, pursue living as good citizens of heaven now. Paul says in Philippians uh, 3.20, but our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a savior, the Lord Jesus. Citizenship was a big deal in Philippi, with a city very, uh, <laughs> very proud patriotic people who had served in the Roman government and it was held more as a, a, a way of life than just simply where you were born. A Roman citizen was a, was, says, this is how we live this way. We're Romans. <laughs> and, and, and there was a, almost a fanatical sense about citizenship. And what Paul is, is saying here is he's saying, have that same view, that, that fanatical view of citizenship, but yet with the citizenship of heaven. Because you've been adopted in through Jesus See, Jesus said in Matthew 6, 33, but, but seek the king, first seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things of life will be added unto you. 
And we are to know that when we come to faith in Jesus, when we accept him and get the fact that we're sinful, we need a savior and it's Jesus, that we are part of his family. Actually, 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10 puts it this way. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of his, God's own possession, that you may proclaim the excellence of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous lights. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Woo! Isn't that a good thing? I mean, we're not left out there to kind of just kind of roll around. Okay, I came to faith and I'm just all this alone person. No! You're part of an amazing family. You have brothers and sisters all over the world. Some don't even speak your language. And they're connected. A holy Nation, a, a royal priesthood, a chosen race. We all together stand, regardless of our ethnicity, stand as one with God. So how do we pursue living as good citizens? Paul, again, gives three coaching tips. We'll go through them very quickly. The first is to follow the faithful. Look at verse 17. Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. See, God never intended for us to live separate lives, to live individual uh, lone wolf lives. He, he wants for us to live in community, to be part of a group, to interact with people, to have a mentor, to mentor others, where we would be connected. So much of life right now is isolated. And I know we do some of that to protect ourselves from and to help other people not, and those are good things, but we still need to be connected. That's why I don't like the term social distance. It should just be physical distance. We should have social connection. Don't lose that. And be interactive with others because we learn from others. They show us how to do things and, and encourage us in faith. So we are to, to follow the faithful. Not only that, we are to uh, uh, be discerning of the difference. Look at verses 18 and 19. For many whom have, I have often told you and now tell you, even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly. Their glory in their shame. Uh, they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. Boy, I wish I could just do a whole sermon and unpack that. But the truth is, is that we need to be discerning of those who are self-focused. They're really not after Christ. They're after themselves, the glory of themselves, kind of fanning their own flame instead of Christ. And we need to be discerning of those and, and being challenged to not live that way, but to actually look for those who are like Paul, humble and follow him as he follows Christ. Lastly, to place our hope in Jesus. Verse 20 and 21. But our citizenship is in the heaven. And from it, we await a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly bodies to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. You know, when the Bible says all things, that doesn't mean just a few or this number, that it means all, it means everything. Everything, someday, everyone will bow their knee and proclaim Jesus as Lord, whether they believe in him or not. Because he is. He is that powerful. It's Jesus, the all-powerful, all-sufficient Savior who spoke, as, as, as Colossians says, and everything we see was created. 
Oh, he's so powerful, he walks on water. He causes the lame to walk, the blind to see. He even raises people from the dead. He's that powerful. Man, why would we not want to place our hope in him? There is no issue. There is no struggle. There is no relationship problem or financial problem or medical problem that God can't help you walk through. Boy, don't ever lose your hope in this all-sufficient, all-powerful Savior because Jesus can. Oh, man, get excited about that. Let that fire you up. Woo, man, and give you the power and the energy to get back up, to strap on that grip and to move forward in faith. See, that's what he wants us to do. Did I lose something? Sorry, Goofy. I got a little excited there. Woo. For pursuing Jesus is where joy is held and life thrives. I'm sure you know people who press on. Maybe even you. The challenge day is to continue to press on, to pursue that upward call of God in Christ Jesus with humble responsibility, forward-facing grit, and minds connected to God, and to pursue living as good citizens of heaven, following the faithful, be discerning of the difference, and, and placing hope in all powerful Jesus. Well, let's do that. Let's, let, let's, let's reflect the joy and the calm and the peace and the love in all these crazy times as we pursue Jesus. For pursuing Jesus is where joy is held and life thrives. So, so, so what is God saying to you? As our band comes up, we're gonna give you an opportunity, an opportunity to sit just for 40 seconds in silence. 40 seconds to just consider what God may be saying to you. You at home, the same thing. You hear, you at home, take that moment. And just I want you to close your eyes or, or just try to tune out other things and, and take a moment to pause. I'll time us. <laughs> Look, it even says on my watch, take a pause. Um, that's from that pause app. Um, I'll time us, 40 seconds. Just sit in a moment of silence and listen to what God is, says to you. Maybe there's some things he's convicting you of. Maybe there's some things he's challenging towards. Maybe he just wants to encourage you to get up and move on in faith. Take this 40 seconds. I'm not sure what God said to you, but I encourage you to tell somebody or write it down. If you want to tell me, I'd love to hear. You can email me at mike at neighborhoodchurch.com. Tell your mentor, tell somebody. Father God, thank you. Thank you for speaking to us. Lord, we know that you are a very alive, 
real, powerful Savior. And you connect with us in this amazing way. You can be individually, personally present with each one of us. Because you're God. And Lord, you want for us to experience the joy of faith like Paul, like others. And, and Lord, to get back up and to, to, to have that grit and to, to, to have that incredible challenge to, to, to know you more and know that there's so much in life for us in that. God, help us. Help us to pursue knowing you. Help us to pursue living as citizens of heaven. And so, God, we give you our lives again today, this morning. Lord, if, if we haven't yet come to know you, God, I pray that we would take that one step of, of making that decision for you. But God, help us and challenge us and encourage us. For we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.